What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. We're hanging out here on 104.5 and 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, make sure to check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio, where, you know, 78% of the good stuff happens. It's a massive 78%. Um, it's a moderate, middling, sort of... 78%. 78%. Uh, and then uh, also from there, uh, you know, just hang out with us. Anyway, uh, this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's probably me. Yeah, why not? No one knows any better. What if you're like the ninth Nico, and like <laughs> it's just like a big secret of the show? I don't even have a brother. People don't believe we're related anyway. So yeah, no, that's why. That's why it's really funny to pull the uh, I'm the adopted brother. Yeah, or like <laughs> or you're adopted. What's more likely that someone or probably ad- is the younger one is more is the adopted one. Oh, see, I would go the other way. Like, they adopted one, and then years later, they accidentally had one. It's a possibility. Because, like, you wouldn't ad- you wouldn't make one, and then it could, well, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't either. I mean, I guess either way, you could, like. Like, you got older, and then they got bored and had a kid. <laughs> right. Well, I've got a friend, I mean, and I won't name, because this isn't a great story, necessarily. It's not a complimentary story, I should say. But they uh, they couldn't get pregnant, so they adopted numerous times. And then, after they had adopted, I think their third child they then got pregnant with my friend. And so she has a sister who's the same age as her that we all went to school with. And, like, there was some tension sometimes because she was, like, she was their kid. Right, as opposed to, like, their kid, the adopted brother. But they got, like, but she got, like, in harder trouble. Like, almost, like, same offense. Like, the punishment would be stricter for her. Right. So like there was a, it was a lot of there was a lot going on with that, a lot of a lot of tension, a lot of tension because like you had adopted kids and then like Actual I'm gonna say a real kid here, but what I mean is like a biological kid, biologically theirs. I mean all kids are biologically kids. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like going to Taco Bell and going no no don't don't give me a taco. Like they're not that then no one knows what to do at that point. Like right, now they so just like, all freeze. What? what do you mean? Um. So anyway, we're hanging out here on uh, 104.5, 106.1. What an odd story to start with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all right. We'll just start on a down note, but then we just jump. Like, it just gets it gets better. What does it? Like, sports is always, like, either the best or super depressing. Yeah, so. this this is a weird uh, – I got a, I got a really great weird sports story here. I do love weird stories. Um, okay, so basically it, it continues to hold the principle that I've taught you about the NBA, which is that – the NBA is crazy, mm-hmm. and they always have to make the weirdest rules because the teams are literally run by idiots. Yeah, is this? this you yeah, feel, they, that's they, a fair. They, yeah, they protect them. <laughs> the league makes rules to protect themselves because they do some dumb stuff. Right. So, like, like they had to, their entire future. They had to stop letting them trade away all of their draft picks because teams were trading away all of their draft picks. They they're had like, to create. You guys can't draft for the next six years, yeah. and then they're like, "We didn't think this far ahead." Well, I um, oops. <laughs> Uh, and then they had to stop letting them just, like, they had to change the structure of the max contracts. They have to keep shortening them, and the players keep getting more money out of that because they're like, well, yeah, fine, take it another, another year, but we want three more percent of the salary cap on that max deal. And they're like, yeah, that's okay. That's cool. So you have people with, like, super ultra max yeah. combos. <laughs> Suddenly you're getting a guy who's making, like, $45 million a year because he's in, like, year five of his <laughs> max status, and yeah. you're just, uh, Anyway, this goes right along the lines with that there are NBA teams who have no idea what they're doing. There are good, there are great run franchises from top to bottom who have a goal and they have a way they do things. And then there are teams like the Sacramento Kings. I mean, again, one of the sports teams I don't believe exists. Yeah, well, honestly, they do exist because this guy stole $13 million from them. Oh. By being the head of sales. Ah, that sounds like a great... Like, obviously, duh. Right. So, the reason this looks... Okay, so what he did, um, he's in prison now. He's in federal prison now for, um, like, identity fraud. Oh, yeah, that works. Um, But during the financial crash in, like, 06 or 08, whatever it was, um, he turned around and he thought he might have to go into business for himself, so he started an LLC Mm -hmm. called, like, uh, it's called SSP, and somewhere in this article is what it stands for, but it's, like... Strategic or uh, Sacramento Sports Partners, okay. 
and he thought he was going to have to go into business for himself as like a as like a uh, a broker mm-hmm. in sports. Um. Anyway, it worked out that he didn't have to. Um. So he's he's playing over. So he's still um. He's basically like head of corporate sponsorships at this point in Sacramento, and this the team almost moved to Seattle, but in a last minute kind of thing, stuff happened. He got to they got to stay. So the big push was go local with everything. We're going to build a new stadium. We're going to build a new practice facility. Go local with everything. So he got with a local credit union and he bargained out a like 10-year, $45 million deal uh, to name the practice facility. And then he also got like a... He got like a, oh, he got like a ten-year deal to for the naming rights for the stadium, mm-hmm. and then for the naming rights for the practice facility, he got like a forty million dollar deal. Well, when they were coming to him for the for the <laughs> for the stadium thing, for the naming rights, they said, "Listen, we know you guys are doing a ton of construction right now. If you need cash up front on this deal, we can do that and restructure the payments." And he was like, "Cool, I'll let you know." Also in these deals, because of inflation and other things, a lot of times there's built-in escalators. So like, oh, the dollar went up 7%, so the deal needs to increase by 2%. Um, Sometimes it's negotiated where there's no escalators. So with the credit union, he he went first to Sacramento and said they don't want to do escalators. And Sacramento said, yeah, okay, I mean, that's whatever, cool, like, not a big deal. It's a lot of money. It's only for the practice facility. Not a big deal. He then goes back to them and he goes, hey, instead of escalators, what if you do an upfront one-time payment of like $4 million? And they were like, yeah, you know what? That's That would probably be better in the long run than escalators. We prefer no escalators, but we can help you guys out. Like, we know you guys are building a bunch of stuff right now. We're glad you guys are staying. We want to be a part of this. So he says, cool. So he dummies up some Sacramento paperwork with the King's logos and everything and puts the SSP account numbers and the SSP business ID on the invoices, shoots them over, and picks up $13 million. Ooh, nice. Um, He swears up and down that it was his intention to invest and grow it. Um, This is like 10 when he does this, okay? No one... No one... No one caught it in Sacramento. Why would they? $13 million. No one knew. So you'd, he's, be, you'd be surprised how little some people pay attention to paperwork. Okay, so this is the thing. Okay. So as the story broke in the league, it broke last year in 2017. Seven um, years after it happened. Correct. As the story broke around the league, a couple teams actually issued immediate audits. They said immediately, go through every single piece of paper we have in our building. I want to make sure someone isn't doing this to us. That's a reasonable response. Oh, yeah, for sure. A couple teams actually said, how did this even happen? This is stupid. The first time you do business with a party, the first first time you invoice a new party, you get on the phone and you verify terms. That's their standard operating procedure. So for them, they were like, "How did this? Even how did it even get to this point?" Because they should have, when they should have stopped w- it as soon as you sent the invoice. When the king sent the first invoice with the money going somewhere, the other company should have said something. When the other company sent the first check that Sacramento got in year two, Sacramento should have called them and been like, "Okay, well, we received a four and a half million for this and for that, and blah 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 blah. Is that the terms and blah blah blah?" And the other company would have been like, "Well, yeah, but you forgot the four million kicker last year." And they'd have been like, oh, the what? what? <laughs> the yeah. what? Yeah, and it would have they would have caught it in 2011 instead of 2017. <laughs> you want to know how they caught it? How? This is, this is where there is such a thing as a perfect crime. There isn't such a thing as a perfect criminal. This is where people are too dumb to get away with things. Okay? Because I, I, sometimes I've heard like stories where I'm like, yeah, no one would have ever figured that out. And it's like, yeah, the guy turned himself in three years later. What? What? Like, you want to know how they found out? How? He took a promotion to go to Miami. What an idiot. Like, he's making $400,000 a year to be an executive. 
here in Sacramento. And if he hangs around eventually, he'll probably be pretty high up in the in the, in the organization. Takes promotion to go to Miami. So in the handover, there's stuff that's getting looked at and checked on, and there's an HR girl who's like trying to figure out what goes where, and she finds a folder labeled TurboTax, and in it is the SSP stuff, and she's like, "Hey, who needs this SSP stuff? Like, what's this about? Who 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 wants? Who needs to read this?" And he's like, "Yeah, nobody. You're good. Don't worry about it." So she read it. <laughs> so she was like, "Oh, okay." It's a little weird, though. So then she just kind of asked around because it's it's too similarly named to Sac- they're the Sacramento Kings. And so there's all kinds of behind the scenes, all these different other entities exist that are all Sacramento or Sacramento Kings related. Mm-hmm. So she's like, why is this one so similarly named? Like, it's just weird. So she goes through some things. Then she finds some invoices. And the thing that she finds is where he altered the contracts to include on one side information that didn't go to the other side because there are contracts from the vendors that have like, including the upfront payments, Mm -hmm. which he never, he forged the signatures for his guys to keep them on that half of the board. Gotcha. So she finds his digital saves of the, of the corrected contracts and they're not the same as Sacramento's side of it, which first of all, due diligence, like do your job, Sacramento. Right. Um, Again, this would have been caught by any other, like, real team. Well, and the lack of oversight. So, like, one other team was like, it's weird to me that he could somehow sign a a $50 million contract and he's the only person involved in it. Yeah, it's pretty smart, right? Just let all of your, just millions of dollars. Just one guy. One guy. One guy. It's not even about, like... It's not even about trusting your employees. It's about trusting humanity and just being like, listen, I'm going to have a lawyer in the room when you're doing this $50 million deal because we're going to do it right. right. Because what right. I want is I want all of my $50 million. Right. So Sacramento Kings is going to. they got 37. Right. So Sacramento Kings, we're going to send in one of our one of the one of the members from the from legal and we're going to send in one of the members from finance and they're going to ride shoddy with you on this deal. And um, yeah, because that way you can just defer to them on anything as you don't much know. As, as much as you trust someone when you're just like, here you go. You're the only person that can handle this $50 million. Right. And so here's and like, where... It's a blessing he only took 13. <laughs> no, you're right. Okay, so here's where it starts. This is where he figured it out. Uh, this is where he figured out he can get away with it. Two years earlier, um, a buddy of his had called him directly. So not through even like the call sheets or anything. Just directly called him on his cell phone. And was like, hey, I'm brokering a deal, but it's just tiny. It's a local it's a local guy. They got a sports drink, whatever, whatever. And so it was only like a $90,000 deal. Mm-hmm. So he goes, all right, do it in three payments. And he sent him the SSP stuff. And then he just made, he just had marketing create signage. And then because it was a broker that they do a lot of work with, no one knew. Like, they were getting checks from the brokerage company, not from the individual sponsors. So no one could check that. You know what I'm saying? Right. There was no one backing that up going, oh, yeah, you know what? We don't actually have a deal with Powerade or whoever it was. So he so he banks 90 grand like two years before, and he realizes no one noticed it. Right. He's like, wait. So no one sees this 90 grand missing? Which, by the way, shame on the Kings. Well, it's just a lack of oversight. Like, just a massive lack of oversight. Like, this, that's the one thing that, like, really bothers me about like organizations like that are especially bigger ones or you know multi million dollar like companies and they're like we somehow lost 10 million dollars it's like how how is your money yeah. not getting lost how are you not spending your money properly it's like the only thing you should be able to do there's a movie um and I'm blanking on the name of it but it's got a uh, Kevin Spacey who I know everyone hates now Paul Bettany and a couple other guys and the in the premise of the film is that this one guy is like he's head of the like risk management portfolio for the company mm-hmm. and it's right when the market's about to crash and it's investment firm and essentially he's like if numbers dip below these variables we're underwater and then it turns out that in the month leading up to where they're at that day in the office those numbers had dipped like six times and just by sheer dumb luck the market had corrected during the day so they didn't finish owing <laughs> so the day that they are doing cut, they literally laid him off because they were doing corporate restructuring, and, and the new person they brought in didn't like him, so they fire him. 
send him home. And he's like, hey, I, I really think someone needs to look at this. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, it's not your problem anymore. Bye. And he's like, are you kidding me? And they're like, seriously, just get out of here. Bye. So he's like, oh, okay, all right, cool. And they have a security guy, like, walking with him. They turn off his phone, totally hose this dude. But as he's walking out, he tells one of his analysts that is staying, and he goes, hey, do me a favor. They won't let me look at this. Double-check it, but just be tight on who you show it to, but kind of check my math on that. The guy opens it up, and he's like, no poop. He's like, yeah. We're dead. <laughs> yeah. So he calls his boss. They call it the heli- like the CEO helicopters in. They have the board meeting right there like at 11 o'clock at night, and they're like, what are you saying? And he's like, honestly, what I'm saying is we've been lucky so far, but we've technically crashed like four times already. <laughs> and the guy's like, all right, we're going to dump all this tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. into the market. We're done. We're out. We're selling all of it before anyone else notices this. If we found out today, we can only assume that by tomorrow three other people are going to know we're out of the business of it. And like Kevin Spacey's character is like, you're going to destroy the market by doing this. Anyone we sell this stuff to won't be able to, to work the day after because they're going to be holding all this. And he goes, I don't, it's not my problem. Like, <laughs> so what? And it is. It's that gross lack of like, you can trust people or you can trust the process, but only when you trust both are you going to succeed. Because when you just do one or the other, you get that situation where nobody's watching the ship and they're just doing stuff because they're making money. Right. This is great. We're having a wonderful time. Hey, did someone check on those $13 million we were supposed to get? Yeah. What do you mean, $13 million? Yeah, whatever. What are we talking about? We've got all of our money right here. Uh, And he insists. 37 out of 50. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Right there. Stupid. (laughs) And it's like, now he insists that... The first time the money was actually going to be short because they restructured the deal from the Sacramento contract to the other one where they fronted the money, he was like, listen, the first time that comes up is in like three years. So what I was going to do was just send a wire transfer for the difference at the same time that the other company sends theirs in. So they'll never know. So they'll just get two transfers, but it totals to the five and a half. This is perfect logic. (laughs) 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 the sad part is considering he got away with stealing 13 million dollars i almost feel like if he'd have been the guy in the room when they got two transfers to make up the whole number that he'd have been like five and a half who cares like yeah we're good yeah i don't know (laughs) no this man checks out yeah maybe it's daddy's account i don't know man but it's here like what do i care like but i don't know (laughs) this is what happens when you have employees that care right i (laughs) so Long story short, she reports it to her bosses. They involve the FBI. The FBI looks into it. They're like, oh, poop. Yeah, this guy's got your money. Not only does he have their money, he's now flipping Miami Beach beachfront real estate with it. Um, oh, yeah, because he's got. Yeah, he is. So what he this is what's crazy. He's making 400 grand a year to be in sales for the NBA. So he's riding private jets. He's hanging out with all the people, but he's the poorest guy in the room. Okay, that's basically what what the article points out. So he does it almost out of like a need to compete or a want for more or just greed is what that boils down to. So he takes his greedy little self. Now he wants to get into flipping Miami Beach real estate, just tossing it left and right because he's got 13 million dollars that he wants to grow. Well, and what he winds up saying is that, well, what I was going to do is I was going to get a bunch. I was going to flip some and rent some out is what he wants to do. Um, And then on top of all that. This is the creepy part, is he actually did, he was ahead when the FBI caught him. So, he tried to convince the FBI to let him sell the properties and oh, just write a check. He was like, technically, like, you bought them, so, like, I'll sell them and I'll, and I'll make restitution. And the FBI's like, we already seized them. Like, we, we already have a whole unit taking care of it. You're good. <laughs> and he was like, I could have sold them. You know, man. like, I could have made you some money. On the side, he did make about four million in profit off of those two off of those two large estates. So, half of me at least wants to tip the cap that in beach real estate, this guy's coming out on top. Like, yeah, great for him. Like, yeah, but the other part of me is like, sadly, the also Sacramento in, Kings enjoy would enjoy your prison sentence. Yeah, seven years he got, seven years, the like identity theft and like electronic fraud, like. I don't know, man. Like, some of that, like, makes me feel like it's not enough. 
I feel like people don't take financial crime as seriously as they no, should. No, they, they certainly don't. They like, don't. Like now, Martha, this one like feels a little Mar- victimless, though. Like, this, this isn't mortgages and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's definitely not that. But and like, definitely Sacramento was dumb enough to deserve this to happen to them. Be- oh, yeah. Because just, just don't sta- just staff your things right. right. Work your deals correctly. They're just not minding like, their P's is, and Q's. This is your fault. Right, correct. But I, like, I am not victim blamer guy, but 100% Sacramento deserves this because they did not. They let one guy handle a huge contract. Huge. If if Todd walks in tomorrow and is going, hey, I got a $9 million deal, I am up Todd's butt for the next three weeks until we're done with that deal. Right. Like, Todd, where are we at? Hey, legal, get with Todd on this. Hey, yeah, I'm having two people with him at all times. I'm he background checking the company. Like, I'm making sure this check clears. Like, right. I, what, are you kidding me? $13 million. Like, Martha, like Martha Stewart endangered, like, like the integrity of the dollar, and we're like, it's funny, she's a felon. <laughs> Insider trading. Well, but that's because people, I really genuinely think when people don't understand, like the common person doesn't understand what's happening, it's much less of a bigger deal. So, like, people are upset about the banking uh, collapse of 08. Like, they're mad about it. But they don't understand who to be mad about because it's easy to go, oh, well, politics and, oh, well, Bill Clinton did this and, oh, well, someone did that. But really what it boils down to is there's this great bit in the, um, in the movie where they talk about it where Margot Robbie's in a bathtub drinking champagne and she's explaining the morg- like how the mortgages were layered and all that. And it's and they purposely these scenes are in this movie to try and help you understand that these companies knew what they were doing was wrong, but it didn't matter. Because everyone was making so much money. So much money. Ryan Gosling's character in that movie is a guy playing Jenga, trying to tell people, like, you got to get out. You got to get out. If this one breaks and this one goes, everyone's, like... Everyone's just gone. <laughs> you got to dump. And the only guy who believes him, I think, is Steve Carroll, uh, Steve Carell's uh, character. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's massive. It's crazy. Um, But I think people don't understand. And so when they don't understand... I think the impeachment process going on right now, I think a lot of people are looking for a simpler concept than really it's just the high overarching idea that that essentially someone was trying to leverage away democracy. And so people are going, well, I'm looking for, I'm looking for like the gotcha where someone goes, yes, we did something wrong. No one does that in real life. And that's the problem. And the same, you're right, it's the same with the banking. People don't, nobody understands how terrible insider trading truly could be. Because... No one, it doesn't, it doesn't register, they feel like the game is rigged anyway, I think, and therefore they don't necessarily care. Right. Like, they don't feel like they're going to be winners. They're not making 400000 also stole $13 million from the Sacramento Kings. When I read the article, and then when he was asked why he did it, he, he literally. He was like, because I could. No, he had no answer. He was like, boredom, stupidity, curiosity. There's so many reasons you could There's use. so many words you could use to describe a piece of crap, and I'm all of them. Like, <laughs> He's like, I don't know, because I could. Right, because nobody in Sacramento cared enough, knew enough. to. It just it blew my mind that you could somehow be worth hundreds of millions of dollars, close to a billion probably, and have zero concept of, of, of your own money. How could you be that successful and that pathetic at the same time? Right. Literally bleeding money. Without any idea. Without any clue. And the bigger part of it is they never would have known because the FBI, the reason he got seven years is the FBI prosecutor, uh, not the FBI, but the state, the federal prosecutor in the case was like, listen, he says he was going to pay it back, but the 4.4 that he got was in lieu of an escalator, so there was no mechanism to pay it back. So he would have had to create a fake deal with a fake company to just give $4 million to Sacramento. So he would have had to commit more frauds to make it right. (laughs) He's like, I don't buy that. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, he could, though. He could, yeah. He In Sacramento, he could have. He could have created a whole... He could have just put signs up and been like, yeah, yeah, someone gave us $4 million for that. Stupid. I won that deal. High five. Got himself a promotion. He could have been vice president. And right. no one would have known that it was him writing the no check to him. No one would have even flinched. No, no. He could have made up a sandal company and literally with like $38 and a pair of Crocs written the $4 million check and Sacramento would have been like, good job. It's, HR girl's like, what? <laughs> I don't I don't think this. 
this sandal company, those are Crocs. Those aren't even their own brand of shoes. And someone's like, shut up, the check cleared. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, the check did clear. Okay. Oh, all right. right yeah. yeah. Then what? By Sacramento accounting practices, we're good. <laughs> I honestly, uh, the phrase is Keystone Cop. Like, that's the phrase people use when they talk about, like, just totally bungling something. Like, as an organization. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I almost submit we must change it to Sacramento King. I mean, at this point, yeah. I mean. This man is the Sacramento King of stealing money. <laughs> yeah, well, no, like, oh, they really Sacramento King to that. <laughs> you know, like. No one. No one was even looking for $13 million. Chump change. How do you think you feel when you're sitting in the room and you find out someone played you for $13 million And you got a promotion to leave. Right. I think that's the more insulting part is the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't satisfied that he couldn't stay there. <laughs> right. I've got $13 million of your dollars and I, I have to go to Miami to get more money. Like, then you just feel real stupid. Like, you gotta leave Sacramento, California to live in Miami. Like, Miami's nice, but Sacramento's not bad. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I'm the making whole... six figures in Sacramento, which is basically like making <laughs> five. <laughs> so I had to steal $13 million. Just to feel better about myself. I, uh... We're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your this way. That's a great story. <laughs> The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to some more Nerd Thug Sports. We're hanging out here on 104.5 and 106.1, and we're just uh, doing our sporty thing. Sport, sport, sport. Sport, sport, sport. Go sports. Yeah. Uh, this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Meh. Probably. You You guys don't know. This. <laughs> My entire identity is based on something I'm just completely unable to grasp. Because yeah. you don't know who I am. Right. Someone else could just be doing a decent Kermit the Frog impersonation right now, and you would just think it's Little Brother Nico. It could have been me. You do kind of sound like Kermit now that I said that. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to follow up on a story we talked about a little bit uh, earlier this month. Uh, one of my favorite stories so far of the year is oh, yeah, the same. Memphis college basketball story. Oh, I love this story. It's so uh, good. The NCAA in, uh, wanted to ban James Wiseman uh, for playing this year as a freshman because his coach... Lil Penny, Lil Penny Highway, uh, Lil Penny uh, was a great NBA player. While he was a high school coach, he paid to move Wiseman's family close to Memphis. He also donated a million dollars over 10 years ago for Memphis to have a Hall of Fame. According to the NCAA, that makes him a booster, and therefore because he paid to move the, uh, the kid's family when they needed to move, Instead of being generous, they deemed him a booster, and therefore he was giving illegal benefits to the kid. Therefore, the kid is ineligible to play, and in particular, ineligible to play at Memphis for Penny Hardaway. Uh, Penny Hardaway said, you can bite me, and <laughs> was going to play him anyway. And they actually, I think they did went to play in the first game after. Um, so, they okay. The NCAA initially declared him Wiseman eligible in May, but further investigation found documentation of Hardaway's payment to his, to the family in 2017. Uh, Memphis said Wiseman had no knowledge of the payment, which was used as, which was used for moving expenses when Wiseman's family moved from Nashville to Memphis. At the time, Hardaway was the head coach at East High School and ran the Team Penny grassroots program. So he's not even involved with Memphis at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, this is over two years ago. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so he was ruled ineligible by the NCAA earlier this month after some more information came in. Uh, a Shelby County judge issued a restraining order allowing him to keep playing, and he would play in two more games before Memphis finally said, all right, let's sit down and let's talk about it with the NCAA. So they've now come to an agreement. He will be suspended for 12 games total, and it's going to include the ones that he's already missed. Uh, he's going to be eligible to play on January 12th against South Florida. Uh, oh, no, it won't include the ones he's already missed. So he'll need to miss another 11 before he can return. Ugh, that's kind of poop. Um, I got to imagine Penny Hardaway's not happy about this. Also, they want him to repay $11,500, which I guess was the moving expenses. He has to donate it to a charity of his choice. Which, by the way, if I'm Weissman, I now have a friend start a charity, file the nonprofit, I give him the eleven five and get a receipt for it, and then we donate like $9 to charity, and we use the rest literally to buy a TV ad that says F the NCAA. Um, <laughs> that would just be my, that would be my very next step. Buy tons of ad spots with my 501c status, just decrying the NCAA's even, like existence. I would bombard like ESP. I would buy ads on the ESPN.com. That's what I would do. <laughs> Such a trash organization. <laughs> um, I hope that like the NBA just gets rid of the one and dones, and more players just go abroad for professional, actual professional careers. Well, if and they we don't can just obliterate the NCAA. Yeah, if they don't get rid of the one and dones, that's what's going to happen more. This year is the first year where a successful player is going to be coming back from the year away. Uh, the ball kid, uh, the youngest one, the the third ball, fourth ball, third. Um, he'll he'll be, he's playing this year in Australia. This is his quote unquote college year. His high school class would have graduated this summer that just happened. So this is his year away from the NBA by rule. Mm-hmm. He's been playing pro ball now for like four years, though. He went to Lithuania and played and all that. Um, so he's been playing in Australia. He looks great. They're talking about that. He's probably coming. You know, he'll probably be... He's the, he's the likely number one draft pick yeah. as of right now. He's been playing professional basketball for the past four years. Right, and he's, and he's 19. <laughs> 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 like I don't like I don't know, man. The NCAA like put in like bedtimes and like so here's all these restrictions and all these things. Bedtimes, I like that. And then and then this kid's been playing pro ball pro, pro ball for the past four years. He doesn't need any of them. Doesn't need any of them. Doesn't need any of it. Went to Lithuania, played pro ball. Doesn't need a, doesn't need a one of them. Nope. And that's the truth of it. That's the reality of it. Is there are places and opportunities for these kids to go where and they don't need the NCAA. The NCAA is fighting a war of attrition where they are going to have to look up at some point and recognize that they need these people more than these people need them. And the NCAA, their power comes from everyone being a voluntary member of the group. There is no enforcement method for the NCAA. They tell you you're banned, but if you were to play... Yeah, if you were to walk onto the court and play basketball, I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, there's no, there's no NCAA police that are coming to attack you. Out exactly, of the game. <laughs> no one's tasing you. No one, like the police, aren't going to get involved. You're right. It is a, it is a, a rules and reporting group. Um, there's no enforcement arm, and so to me, the issue that just kind of blows my mind about it is, is the NCAA is trying to act like there's some sort of moral high ground that they're holding on to by not paying these people. But every time one of these cases comes up, they just look so petty. Yeah, they're like, well, I mean, since he got paid to move in high school and he donated a million dollars over 10 years ago. Now he's a booster and now he interfered with the player. Now so now banned. the player can't come here, even though none of them were involved with the University of Memphis at the time. No, none of them were even talking about going to the university. That wasn't like, and there's no way they would even know, like. It's it's a very like no well, here, one, no well, here's one would, no here's one the thing <laughs> where do you think the eleven five is going to come from that he's going to donate right do you think he has eleven thousand five hundred dollars or do you think a friend of a friend of a friend is going to borrow the money to give it to the family as a on paper loan for eleven thousand five hundred dollars what's what's the point that it all of it is to be petty. The family's not writing a check for eleven five. They need a Penny Hardaway's help to move to Memphis ten years ago. The family's not taking the two years ago. Two years ago, 
there's no vehicle that's going to create the opportunity for them to write that check right now. Right. Unless there's already money that's changed hands. And that's the thing is like the NCAA is almost tipping their hand that they know they have money. It's it's just silly. It really is. Like when you when you boil when you boil it down to the thing, it's it's literally a group of people telling these kids that are going to be professional athletes that are effectively professional athletes. No. Right. Because I felt like it. Right. It's 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 the ultimate bad cop parent. Right. Because they don't have an actual there's not a logistical argument to it. There's not a when the reality is the coaches are getting paid, the assistants are getting paid, the boosters are paying there's money changing hands. I'll tell you. Th- I'll say this: When I was at the University of Alabama, it was 2002 to 2003, on on campus at Tuscaloosa. Now I don't know his personal financial situation. The starting quarterback of the team, though, was driving a brand new SUV, paper plates, brand new. That looks a little suspicious. Forty thousand dollar car, brand new. He's driving around on college campus. Yeah. This this twenty year old college football player. That's it. Seemed odd. Totally seemed odd. Weird. Weird. Um, and I had like a 10-minute conversation with like six kids on my hall because we're standing there one time in the parking lot, and he drives by, and he's like, hey, guys. And he keeps going. And it's like, hey, that was a... Uh, and then like we're looking, and we're like, wow, okay. I ride a bike to class. I walk. Yeah. My car was in the parking lot because here was the dumb thing about college campus. The parking passes were super expensive. Yeah. So even having the car, like you... I just left it at the dorm where I I got a dorm pass, a dorm parking pass, so I could just leave it there. But I didn't have a parking pass to park anywhere else on campus. So you just walked everywhere. Yeah, so the car literally, like, would sit there for weeks at a time. I mean, so this bizarre idea that these guys aren't getting paid and getting taken care of. Um, and But also it, it breeds this kind of, like, weird air about them because it's like, yes, you will run into a bunch of money later if you are good enough to p- get there. But you're also coddled and like, just kind of force fed this kind of like it's almost it like you keep you a kid, and then when you actually start making millions of dollars, you're unprepared. You're super unprepared because you've never had to run a business. You're right. You know what? You're 100 percent right because they've never had to run a business. They've never had to handle money because they weren't allowed to handle the money. Right. And now all everything was scheduled for them when they were in college. The you because of all the mandates, they literally have a compliance officer who comes down and looks over your schedule. Right. So they literally knew where they needed to be all day, every day, because it was set already, because the compliance officer approved it. Oh, you can only spend four hours a week watching video with the coaches, because that would be a violation if you go over four hours a week. So, like, everything is blocked out and scheduled. So, yeah, no, you're 100% right. These kids are completely unprepared for the next step, but that's part of how the NCAA wants it, because they control them, and then they hand them to the professional leagues who then do the same thing to the kids, where... Uh, you know, the only power they the players have is to unionize and work together, and that's hard for them because they have to each take care of their own stuff and then work together, and that's a complicated process. And it takes becoming it be- takes becoming an older statesman of the league to realize, oh yeah, we are getting the raw end of the deal. Because when you get the first big check, you're like, awesome. Yeah, how can it be bad? All I got to do is play football, and you're gonna pay me. But then it's around the third time you've been cut or traded, and your name's been in the headlines, or you hurt your knee, or, or you hurt your knee, and no one talks to you, or you got pulled over on a suspected DWI, and while everything's still pending, and you're still you don't even you haven't even been to court yet, you find out the team's cut you, like you suddenly realize, oh man, like yeah, you're right. We probably needed to, I probably needed to do better with the union, and it is it is unfortunate because. There are work situations in America where unions aren't necessarily as helpful, but for pro sports, they probably are the only thing helping any of these people because you're right. The the institutions themselves don't want to see success. No, because then they have to pay them later. Exactly, and pay them more. Uh, all right, we're going to jump out here to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. 
The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. Hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. We're uh, hanging out here on this wonderful Thursday doing our sporty things. And uh, I'm going to blame Nico for this, but he pointed out to me over the break that he didn't get to do his ad. Yeah. Uh, I literally, I introduced you to it, and then you let me move on. <laughs> like, I don't, who's in charge here, you know? You are. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's right. So before we get into anything, first, Nico is going to do Cox ATA, and then we're going to do Adventure Begins, and then I'm going to tell you a story about a guy who makes a lot of money. Makes sense. Uh, Cox ATA Martial Arts, leader in ATA Martial Arts, with now three Convenient locations, one in the Woodlands, one in Magnolia, and one in Conroe. If you can hear us on the radio right now, there's a Cox ATA location near you. Accurate. Uh, mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two free weeks of training. It's a huge deal. Uh, you know, the, the, with the holidays coming up, it'll get you s- something to get you kick back. You know, after you gain your five pounds, you can lose your weight. <laughs> you can ho- kick your way to shape. Right, yeah. Yeah, I got what you were doing there. Uh, with uh, Cox ATA... Uh, they have all kinds of courses, Tai Chi, Taekwondo, obviously, self-defense classes. If you're three, if you're 93, they have a whole bunch of different available cl- courses for all different age groups. And they will tailor things to suit you when you get right, in there. You yeah. start working with a master and you like something you can't do. Right. They'll work with you on that. They'll work with you because uh, they're, they're, they're really great people. Men, um, you can check them out on the Facebook. We link to them all the time. Um Cox ATA, they teach life skills, they build leaders, they leave. A legacy. Um, all right, and before we get, well, let's just, I guess we'll do back-to-back. I don't like doing back-to-back, but we kind of don't have a choice here. Cause we've, we've cornered ourselves. You cornered us. I blame you for this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Just take it. I don't, I'm I don't not, know. what am I going to do, fight you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Sacramento. Um, I right. didn't take the $13 million. <laughs> Uh, the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is on 1488, hanging out right there. Um, they're great. The, I've got my pull box there. You need to be subscribing to your comic books there. they got gaming going on. they got all kinds of stuff happening. they got demo games. But also, more importantly, this week going on tonight, they have the Magic the Gathering Booster Draft Unstable from 6 to 10 p.m. It's a $25 booster draft. Seats are still available, last I was told. Friday night, they got a new collectible card game coming out, uh, Argent Saga. And Jarek's going to be there to help out. It's going to be from 5 to 8 p.m. We're going to be there tomorrow night as well. And then Saturday, November 23rd, is Local Comic Shop Day. This is where you go out and support your local comic shop. So make sure you do that because it's it's important. Um, that's going to be going on all day. And then Sunday, November 24th, is D&D Adventurers League from 4 to 8 p.m. Five dollars to play or make a purchase of five dollars while in store. Um, all right, so that's uh, that takes care of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People that keep the lights on. <laughs> yes, they do, and the lights are on. Okay. Uh, speaking of keeping the lights on, Jacoby Ellsbury is a famous. This is weird. He's probably more famous as a Boston Red Sox, but after his seven years with him, where he was part of the team that won the World Series that ended the curse. Uh, yeah, that's accurate. He then signed with the Yankees. Oh, good for him. Yeah. He went to the, what was called at the time, the Evil Empire. Um, <laughs> Like, this is the dark side? Like, this is the Star Wars? Yeah, War? the Red Sox used to call the Yankees the Evil Empire. That's hilarious. Because the Yankees were spending like $400 million when the Red Sox weren't, but then the Red, Sox, the Red Sox were spending just as much all of a sudden, and it was no longer like... Now there's not a feud anymore because they're, they're, they're moral high grounds. <laughs> they were right. standing on, fell beneath them, and they were like... No, now uh, it's now there's still a feud, but now it's who spends more. Yeah, so it right. went before like, oh, they it, spend millions of dollars, and now it's like, 
well, I could spend more millions than you. <laughs> right. Yeah, the moral high ground shifted. Then. Yeah. Now it's who loves baseball more by spending. Yeah. It's like parents in a divorce and then trying to fight over who gets the kid. In the beginning, it's like, I can't believe you would give them that. And then it's like, well, I gave them something bigger. So right. now Well, what? I got them a car. Boom. Uh, oh, what's that? You rented your own apartment for them? Oh, okay. Uh, so... <laughs> Why the, would you do that? <laughs> the Yankees. They're five. <laughs> yeah, but now they can just, you know, have their own place to, like, relax. Uh, the Yankees are going to now uh, send him home. Jacoby Ellsbury has not played since 2017. That's a long time. That's two years. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like they've waited a long time for this decision. S- well, the reason why is because baseball contracts are fully guaranteed, and oh, he yeah. got a seven-year, $153 million contract. So he played five of the seven and <laughs> had to walk away with a bunch of free money. Cool. So he has this year and an option for next year still on the deal. <laughs> so he played four out of the seven seasons. Half is good. Half is good. The problem is they owe him 21 and some change for this year. 21-142-857 for this season. And a $5 million buyout for 2021. Oh. He getting all that. 26-285-714. Cash money. Oh. You know, sometimes we always make fun of baseball because it's way faster to get your money in other sports. But then you, read, and then you, then you get a story like that where you're like, well, I mean, he played like four of these years, and he's still getting all the money from it. Well, so this is part of the problem. So if you remember this free agency, there were lots of guys who just never wound up going anywhere. Like Dallas Keuchel was early 30s, but he had a World Series and a Cy Young on his resume and was playing for the Astros, And every, but his last year wasn't great. And people all of a sudden were like, yeah, we're not going to give you the six-year $140 million deal you want, $200 million deal you want it. Ten years ago, he would have gotten like a seven-year, $150 million deal to play until he was 40, and he would have been awful at that point. Yeah. Uh, he signed a one-year deal. I think he, I think prorated it was like $10 million for the season, but that's going to be what happens to him now for the rest of his career. Yeah, there's no one who's going to sign him for the next 10 years because he's going to be like 75. Exactly. And so what what's happening is baseball is market correcting. They gave too many of these seven-year, $150, $200 million contracts to these guys who are already a bit older, so they're going to... Right, because because it takes them longer to get to this point in free agency where they can just take any deal. So, without any of the restriction tags and the matching opportunities. So, all of a sudden, when they finally get free and clear and have this chance, they have to take it. And so, the Yankees offer Jacoby Ellsbury seven years and $153 million, so he takes it. And he should, because that is generational wealth. His okay. family will be rich forever un- unless somebody steals it from them, and then they'll be rich forever. Um, really Sacramento king it up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right now there's a guy dummying up invoices right now, Bill and Jacoby Ellsbury from naming rights or something. Um, and they had to let him go because they're ro- they have a lot of young players on the roster, and so there are guys they want to protect from baseball's dumb Rule 5 draft. Um Base- God, there's so many there's so many stupid like weird draft rules in baseball. Okay, so this is part of that. You can have a guy for X amount of time on your team, but if he hasn't been called up by a certain point, you have to release him to be drafted in the Rule 5 draft or you have to put him on your starting 40-man roster. So, even though you can bury a player for like 4 years, by like the 6th year they have to play somewhere. And so that's what the Rule 5 draft is. Is If you've never called them up at all, if they're not getting their opportunities, they have to be on a Major League roster by year... I think it's I think it's year 5 in your organization. Or they're eligible to be drafted by any other team where they could sit in the minors on that team now. What a trash system. But you've burned up your clock with them. What a garbage system <laughs> like unless i'm like a baseball prodigy and i'm awesome like that's uh, baseball is uh, man i don't want to i don't want to use this term because of the other implications but baseball really is the last true farm system where they're just drafting guys and throwing them out there and seeing who turns into baseball they don't know yeah, like Juan Soto, who like the announcers wouldn't let you forget, is twenty one years old. Right. Part of the reason it was such a surprise is because he wasn't. They didn't know he was that guy two or three years ago in the draft. Because I promise you, somebody would have done something. 
Right. It's not like football where like people are like, wow, look at this guy. He's great. Well, and, and to be fair, they can't roll all the time in football, too. There are all kinds of times when someone's like, this guy's going to be the best quarterback ever since so-and-so. And then they go out there and they're not. Yeah, well, I think I think that's just because they're, one, unprepared, and two, like, like it's 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 different when, like, you're the best kid from your town, from your college, from your thing, and then you get to the thing where everyone was the best one of their college, well, of but, their town. Well, but see, but that's all sports, I feel like. that's all Yeah, sp- no, that, that's accurate, but what I'm saying is, like, baseball is so, like, oddly specific, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I feel like because they track everything anyways, and they're like... Well, you see, this is the third. This is the third pitcher from Memphis we've seen this year in a top two hundred position. It's like, what the heck does that even? Why do you know that? Right. Well, and so like in football, what they've tried to do is they've taken high school stats, and then they are comparing them to the high school stats of all other pro players to try and grade the likelihood of success. They started doing that in the last like three or four years. I haven't heard how they're doing. Like. You're not sure how the stats are working out so far? Yeah, I haven't heard, like, accuracy of it. But what they're trying to do is, like, the guy who runs for 10,000 yards in high school, is he Ricky Williams or is he, like, a nobody? And they're trying to find out, like, will this guy track through college into pros? Right. The reality is you just don't know. (laughs) Right. You don't know. You don't know because sports is such a mental sport anyway. It's like... Well, it is, but also the journey and injury and all of it. It's it's so, it's so like you can you could theoretically put together like this guy should be awesome, but but then he gets drafted by the Cardinals. Right, he gets drafted by the Cardinals, doesn't go anywhere, doesn't improve, and then just flatlines and then falls out of the league in two years. Exactly. Um. All right. Before we get out of here tonight, the Texans are playing. They are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh. Everything's on the line here. I, I, we lost. Yeah. We got our butts kicked by Baltimore last week. I, I, as I said, it would happen. But we're tied right now with Indy six four. So winner takes the div- winner is in control of the division. <sighs> like as much as I don't want to be like the Colts don't win because I don't like the Colts. You think the Colts are going to win on the road? <sighs> on the, I mean, they beat us here last time with magic luck. So I don't know. Now that he's gone, but this team has surprised everyone. Yeah, they're not, not being they're not garbage. Blinking. Yeah, they're not blinking at all. By not being garbage even without Andrew Luck, so I don't know, man. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Texans then. You what you waffled. I'm gonna take the Texans. Fair enough. All right. Uh that wraps us up though. Yeah, that's it. All right. That gets us to uh, uh our break here today. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope everyone had a great day. We'll come back tomorrow at two PM and hang out with us for Nerd Thug Radio. We got a special guest interview coming up for that. And, um, yeah, have a, have a great day. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses, be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio.